Welcome to the Watermark Wesleyan Church Reach and Teach Podcast with your hosts, Randy Johnson and Dan Ward. Well, welcome again to the Reach and Teach Podcast. Today we got a good show. Dan, you invited somebody here that I work closely with. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, today we're joined by Jay Bradway. Jay is our community outreach director here at Watermark Wesleyan Church. And you work, like you said, more closely with him, Randy, but I've appreciated Jay's energy, his, his focus, his passion, and just all that he did, especially during the pandemic, all that Jay did to uh, get the church involved and the Be the Church initiative. He was just really instrumental and in, in a key part of making all that happen and just serving so many people in a time of crisis. And uh really helping our church kind of respond in a beautiful way to a lot of the needs around us. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to have Jay with us today, and let's just jump right in. Okay, um, let's pull Jay in. I'll pull him in right now. Jay, are you with us? Yes, good morning, guys. Glad to be here. Great, great, great to have you on. Let's start with maybe a little higher view. How did you get involved, or what was your story on getting involved here in the first place? Well, I've been attending Watermark with my wife, Kimmy, for five years. And uh, when I retired four years ago, I realized that one part I really wanted to serve in the church is outreach. Uh, Our church, as you might know, has a fantastic presence in the city of Buffalo and around the world. But I wanted to get involved locally. Uh, So I came here with the idea of being the community outreach director and focus on the needs of the South Towns. They accepted the idea, and it's been almost four years. I've been having a fantastic time seeing all the places that God's led me. That's awesome, Jay. What kind of work did you retire from, and what, what did you do? What transferred from that background? What kind of helped you in this, this role? I was uh, 30 years in um, corporate information technology and education. So you could think I was basically a corporate executive who um, worked with um, large corporations, uh, most likely Catholic Health on implementing computer systems and training people on how to use them. And again, about five years ago, uh, God was tugging at my heart. And I could have stayed in the corporate world for a long time. But uh, God said, why don't you take your skills in management and organization and put them to Christian practice? So when I came to Watermark, I actually didn't quite yet have a clear leading of what I would do here. But something about community outreach, something about helping people that maybe again we've overlooked or that have been asking for help in ways and we didn't have a logistical way to um, approach them. That's what I got interested in. And again, I've been on many different projects over the last four years that I've been the director of community outreach. And again, those are the stories, some of which I'll be sharing with you today. So can you give us kind of like a 30,000 foot view of what we are involved with, like in the local community, and also speak to a little bit about what happened through the pandemic and how you got sucked into a whole vortex of interesting projects. Definitely. Um, We're involved in many, many things um, locally. Uh, Everything from our summer bashes that we did for the last two summers, which was a fun outdoor activity to draw new people into our church, to Tim Tebow's Night to Shine, which again was a a local fantastic prom party for people with special needs, uh, to Helping Hands, which is our... um, outreach to uh, elderly widows and those in financial straits to help them out around the house and just with chores and things like that. Um, also, we work with various ministries that I'll talk about later uh, as partners. One of the things that I found about this church is we are very open and ready. We always say, yes, let's talk about that idea. 
So let's go to the pandemic. Let's uh, take a flashback to March of this year. Our church realized very, very quickly that there were gonna be hundreds of people and families that were gonna be isolated, afraid to go out of the house, can't go out of the house, lost their jobs, were in all kinds of, again, uh, bad issues. And what we did in uh, March 16th, we started collecting food and household goods and then distributing them to families and individuals who contacted the church during those tough times. Now, this was really incredible work of God. We didn't know if we'd get maybe a couple bags of food and one roll of toilet paper and that we'd be, you know, pulling out single pieces of toilet paper and, and uh, handing it out. Instead, over the, over the worst of the pandemic, from March till uh, the reopening in June, we distributed over 38,000 pounds of groceries and, wow. again, household goods. Like we, we had toilet paper when Walmart didn't have toilet paper. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool. It was amazing. I recall being in the lobby a few times when people were dropping stuff off. I mean, people pulling up with vans full of stuff. It was so inspiring and humbling and encouraging. It was, it was really cool. And I will point out, it was quite an operation. You had uh, logistically and things were mapped out up on big boards and, you know, all the drivers, their routes listed out. It was was impressive. It really was. Now, Jay, um, did you just serve the people in our church? But I think you went beyond, didn't you? Absolutely. In fact, when we uh, crunched the numbers, uh, at the end of it, um, over 75% of the families asking for help were not members of our church. That's fantastic. That's great. Do you got a story to share? Because I remember you sharing some things. Do you remember some of the stories you shared? Maybe you could share one with us now. Sure, absolutely. Again, where there is trouble, there's always opportunity. Very soon after we started this Be the Church uh, food and goods distribution, we started getting calls from a local motel. And what had happened is that as the homeless shelters got overcrowded in the city of Buffalo, they shipped men and women out and put them into this little motel. Okay, just right here in Hamburg. And they were there without anything. They gave them no food, no food stamps. It was an emergency measure. Somehow they got our church's name. And this was, again, about early April. We ended up delivering food and um, goods to probably about 25 men and women who were stuck there uh, temporarily during the crisis. We had a man and his daughter that had lost their apartment, had no place to go, were placed there through a social service agency. This is right before Easter. And they were just devastated, this guy and his his daughter. They actually took his daughter away from him because he didn't have any food in this motel room. He called our church. He said, the only way I can get my daughter back is if I show that I've got a little mini fridge here full of food. That afternoon, we brought him food, um, shampoo, um, other goods like that. And that evening, he got his daughter back because of Watermark's generosity. That Sunday was Easter. And uh, one of our staff in our office actually put an Easter basket together for that six-year-old daughter. And so she actually had a wonderful Easter, even though, again, they were homeless. And again, that's just one of probably, oh, I think we served maybe 150 different families uh, during that time. It's amazing. And it's, it's one of the things I've always loved about our church is it's so meaningful to be a part of something bigger than yourself and to, to make an impact like that in one family is amazing. But to, to know that it's so much bigger even than just one family, is it's, it's really hard to put into words. 
it's it's a great joy and and such a privilege i think to be a part of helping people in such a time of need so thanks for your leadership in that and and for all that you did to to help make that happen for so many people that's it's awesome um so jay let's jump over a little bit to the different ministries that our church is uh, partnered with and support what are the ministries that you directly oversee in terms of our church's connection i have three ministries that i directly work with and those three ministries are part of the large group that we are now looking for people to commit to for heart check. And the three ministries I work with are Compass Care Pregnancy, which again is a pro-life, Christ-based center for women that find themselves pregnant. Also, another wonderful agency called Every Child. And this was actually started and formed by one of the people in our church. Her name's Erica McFarland. This is a fantastic organization that supports, surrounds, and serves foster families and adoptive families. They're not an adoption agency. They're actually like a support agency that shows the love of Jesus to those people that really, I mean, that's a wonderful service, adopting or having a foster uh, child in your house. And the third one is the Buffalo Peace House. This again is a lo- local agency uh, that houses temporarily refugees and asylum seekers. Again, these are legal immigrants that are simply going through what we call the process of becoming resident, permanent aliens, as they call them in the U.S., getting their green card. And that's another great uh, agency. You know, Buffalo, uh, besides New York City, has the highest number of refugees and asylum seekers, about 10,000 a year come through Buffalo. They don't all stay. They come here. Some go to Canada. They move on. But it's a big amount of people. And um, again, Buffalo Peace House was started about 10 years ago to serve this uh, population. And we've been partnering with them for about four years. And those are the three that I I primarily work with. That most likely would be because of the Peace Bridge, I would imagine. But yes, it is. Definitely. It's a big gateway. And that's something that's quite local, but they kind of keep that on the down low, I understand. Correct. These folks, again, are all uh, have a status here of, of refugee or a um, asylum seeker. They have an immigrant lawyer assigned to them, and they're going to work to getting their green card. A green card means then you can work here. And basically, a green card means you're, you're a resident of the U.S., you're permanent. The only thing you can't do is a few things like you don't vote. Uh, to vote, you have to become a citizen of the U.S., and that's something some of them go towards uh, uh, also. But this is a wonderful agency because otherwise they'd be kind of like wandering around on the street trying to, um, you know, find temporary housing. What Buffalo Peace House does is if they're totally destitute when they come here, and some of them are, they don't charge anything for housing. But if the people do have money, they pay. Uh, they pay a rent for their, their rooms there. And they have, it's wonderful. They have communal kitchens and the volunteer opportunities for our congregation are numerous and it's, it's right close by. Jay, those sound like amazing organizations. Could you just kind of walk through each of those and how exactly do they serve people? What does that look like? Really, I'd like to start by just getting a little deeper dive into each of those and what they provide. Great. I'll start with uh, Compass Care Pregnancy Services. Uh, they actually started about 20 years ago in Rochester. And what their goal is, is to erase abortion by turning women's fear into confidence. Uh, They're actually fully accredited medical facilities that women can go to, again, when they're facing a crisis pregnancy. 
They've been there again in Rochester for 20 years. In 2019, they came to Buffalo and they bought a medical building. It's about, oh, maybe a two minute bus ride from UB City Campus. So it's right, on, right off of Main Street in the city. In fact, it's a five minute bus ride directly to Planned Parenthood. Compass Care actually has a staff at their Buffalo site, an MD doctor's executive director. They have six RNs plus volunteers. When a woman comes to them with questions, they get a Christ-centered answer about the reality of pregnancy, children, and abortion. When they come in, all they talk about is how they can help this women look at all the options they have facing a crisis pregnancy center. They actually do testing for STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, and they can treat them. They have full professional ultrasound. They have three exam rooms with ultrasound machines. They have their own lab to do testing. And then when the woman sees that she's pregnant, they offer them all the different options that she has, keeping the child herself, foster care, adoptive, etc. The wonderful thing about them is uh, at the end of the exam, and they've given her all of the, the facts, they share the gospel with every single woman. It's completely part of, their, of the thing. Woman doesn't want to listen, that's no problem. But you know what? I, sometimes the numbers tell the story. And in the last year, and again, they've only started here in December of last year, they've already had 120 women that came in that were abortion-minded, and they changed their mind. God changed their mind. They decided to keep their child, and almost every one of them decided to raise the child themselves. 120 women just started. I mean, people don't even know they're here yet. Out of the 120 women, 80 of them were, were not avowed Christians, and they gave their life to Christ right there in the exam room. Wow. Think about that. Life, then everlasting life, right there in the same room. Again, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I know that's one you're particularly uh, connected to because uh, you just light up every time you talk about it. Yeah, to find out more, since we're right in the middle of our fantastic heart check, if you just click on heart check right on the main web page, you'll see a link to Compass Care there. You can find a lot more about them. If somebody wants to take a next step and actually get involved with them, they have lots of volunteer opportunities. If you just want to see what they're all about, they offer what they call vision tours a couple times a month that you can go there and see what they're doing. No obligation or giving. That's right on their website, Compass Care. Also, if you say, gosh, I've always wanted to get involved. I'm real pro-life, but I never know what to, what to do about it. They need all kinds of volunteers, office help, event help, uh, all kinds of things. And again, they'd be glad to talk to you about that too. And the wonderful thing is, remember, this is a total Christ-centered ministry. Every single person there is a very, very hyped-up Christian. And um, again, their goal is obviously to wipe out abortion, but it's also uh, to save lives in eternity with Christ. So now let's go move on to every child and maybe you can do a little bit deeper dive there. Every child was a ministry started by Erica McFarland, who's a member of our church. It was originally known as Chosen. And again, it's a support group for families that are fostering children or adopted. What happened a couple of years ago is they merged into a larger organization called Every Child. So Every Child is a much larger organization 
It's in Western New York. Many, many churches are involved and also social services. This organization, you can think of it works this way. I suppose there's a family that, that's thinking about fostering, but they're wondering things about, gosh, how do I parent a child like that? Um, man, I'm going to need babysitters. Are there other families out there I could talk to that have done that? That's what every child's about. Remember, they're not a foster company or an adoptive agency, but they work with them to support with the message of God and Jesus around these. They only work with Christian families. They only work with Christian adoption and foster um, organizations. And again, their volunteer opportunities, wow. Like I said, every single thing you could do for these people. Like I said, babysitting, helping out at fun, free events uh, for these people, et cetera, et cetera. Easy to get involved. Again, it's right on the heart check page. Click on it and go down to every child and you can find out more. Eric would love to talk to you about all the great things that every child does. That's great. Just to um, interject this for a moment, most of our listeners, I'm sure, are from Watermark, but just if anyone isn't, um, HeartCheck is our campaign that's kind of focused on helping engage in, in different needs around the world, both within our Watermark family and, and mostly focused on the outside uh, needs, though. So if you go to the Watermark Church website, Watermark Wesleyan Church, and and search for heart check you'll be able to find that and this will be published a little later i believe we'll actually be done um, with the heart check campaign by that time by launching it but it's an 18 month commitment that people make financially uh, but also in other ways to engage in in the work that we're doing in, in areas you've mentioned and many others as well so thanks for referencing that jay and, and that would be a great resource to check out for our listeners all right so we have two out of the three kind of walk through in a little more detail um, buffalo peace house i think is kind of the next one that you'd mentioned yeah, very, very unique Buffalo um, Peace House. Started by a woman named Mary Callahan, again, about uh, 12 years ago. And we've been a partner with them. They've been one of our ministry partners that we support through HeartCheck for about four years. It's actually used to be the nun's residence at St. Francis Church on the Lake. I bet everybody in Hamburg knows where that is. Again, that's been turned into, again, you think like a boarding house for these refugees and asylum seekers. And there's been so many that this summer, they bought and opened a new one right in the town of Hamburg, right in the town of Hamburg by CVS there. And it's, it does the same thing. It's full of uh, immigrants, le legal immigrants that are working towards, again, their, uh, towards their green card. And this takes a lot of support. Um, again, many of them do not pay any rent or board there. They need managers um, to, to help out there. Many of the people do not speak English or very rudimentary English. They don't, none of them have cars. You know, they, these people, you know, stumbled off the plane and threw themselves again at the, uh, the pity of the U.S. government. And we're putting them through that process and giving them their uh, American dream. Now, many people at Watermark over the last four years have helped out there. Also, again, in volunteer opportunities. Here's a few ways maybe you, you could want to help. One is if you've got a car, and most of us do, uh, they like to have people do driving for them drive the people to their appointment with their lawyer, uh, drive them to church. Here's a little story about driving them to church. Uh, as we got involved at Buffalo Peace House, uh, many of these folks came from um, Africa and the Middle East. So we had numbers, we had um, atheists, agnostics, Muslims, Hindus, and a scattering of Christians too. Well, some of our volunteers there share, again, the message of Jesus, share the gospel salvation message with these folks, sometimes with an interpreter. And we asked them, hey, you know what? 
can I come and pick you up on Sunday and take you to our church, Watermark? Well, over the years, this has led to, number one, several conversions, whole families coming to Christ. And um, actually, a couple of years ago, we actually had a family that became members of Watermark. Uh, they sem sem uh, since have uh, moved on, again, because of our investment and because of our volunteering. Now, the volunteer opportunities can be anything from um, go there and, and show these ladies from Africa, you know, uh, how to make chicken wings or um, br bring some baked goods for them. They also need babysitters. I mentioned drivers. How about teaching them English as a second language? We've had numerous people that um, know, knew a few other languages and taught them English. So lots of volunteer opportunities. And this is right here in Hamburg. And uh, if you've ever wanted to get involved, that's cool. Now, Jay, let's say somebody wants to do this because that sounds really cool. Would they contact you and might you even take them over and show them or would that be a, a normal thing for you to do? Absolutely. With all these volunteer opportunities, I'm always open and available to get you introduced there. Sometimes I have you partner up with a current volunteer so you can hear about their experience or I take you over myself. Yes, you can look at their website um, and find out the volunteer opportunities there. But again, a more personal way would be to contact me. I'm right on the staff page, again, of the church's website. Just click there to email me. Tell me what you're interested in. I'd be glad to meet with you and talk about your passion some more. That's great. A couple of the issues in particular, abortion and immigration, kind of being two hot button issues politically. It's easy to have a strong opinion about those things. It's another thing to actually help and engage and try to bring the change that you that you believe should happen. And so... One of the things I love that you're doing, Jay, and, and I know you're passionate about both of those things, it's really about kind of bringing God's kingdom to earth and trying to see it done here on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus prayed when he taught the disciples how to pray. But I, I just love that we're engaged in real life, trying to help address these issues. And, and I think it's, it's wonderful. So I, I appreciate your efforts. And uh, I know we do have a, a ton of people from church that are involved in those things. I, I think it's just wonderful to to not just talk about it, not just, you know, get on Facebook and rant about some of these issues, um, but to actually do something and, and be engaged. And so um, I would encourage, you know, anyone listening, um, if you feel strongly about those issues in particular, get involved. Because when you have a face to put with some of those um, issues, it, it changes your perspective, not to get into politics at all, but the real life side of it, of seeing people who are considering an abortion and, and seeing, uh, you know, a woman change her mind and then to work with, with legal immigrants you know, who maybe still experience some of the same things that illegal immigrants would in terms of uh, prejudice and racism and harsh treatment sometimes. Um, I guess I'm just curious to kind of hear your experiences and if you've seen people from our church engage in those issues and, and just have their hearts kind of transformed at all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, um, Again, Buffalo Peace House has only been a um, partner for about four years, and I did get direct questions when people first heard about, well, we're partnering with someone that has immigrants in it. And people asked me very direct questions uh, about that. Again, questions that went back to your statement. Are these people legal? And, you know, why would we, why would we do this? And as some of them, I could tell, you know, maybe had a little bit of a hard heart uh, on that. But I said to these people, I said, oh, great. I'm so glad you, you know, asked about that. They said, this is actually the opposite of saying, I support total open borders, quote unquote, illegal immigration. This is saying, I support the pathways that our country has 
And I want them as open, as friendly, and as Christ-centered as possible. So rather than having an illegal alien being chased by ICE, the Buffalo Peace House is the opposite. They're in a safe area. Again, we, we don't, like I said, broadcast, you know, put a big sign out front, here's where the aliens are. No, we, we shelter them in a legal way, get them representation. So when I was talking to this group of people, again, that had their concerns about it, at the end when I explained it's the opposite of, quote unquote, illegal immigration, they're like, wow, I'm so glad our church is doing this. We're helping people that want to do it the right way. And their hearts got softened. And they said, you know what? One of the gentlemen said, my wife's always wondered about that. Could she like, could she bake a cake and come there and bring it to them? I go, absolutely. Absolutely. And I introduced the people. Uh, they came and brought a cake and gave it to the lady. It was, a, it was a lady from Africa. And she had three little children. And this couple held those little babies in their arms. And that might have been the first African people they ever held. And they had tears in their eyes. They had tears in their eyes. I, I could tell they were completely changed. They, again, they weren't racist. There was no racism. But boy, that just opened their mind. And that's one way that's neat. You can see someone from a different culture right here in Hamburg. It's wonderful to go on mission trips, but not everyone basically can do that monetarily with time. But how about doing a mission trip right here in Hamburg and helping someone from, again, Zimbabwe or Rhodesia or um, Somalia or Lebanon? They're right here. They're here legally. And what they want is they want our help and our love. So I've seen stories like that. Definitely, Dan, many times. Great. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, between all three, there's plenty to do, huh, Jay? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd like to mention uh, one more. And this is also for people that want to take maybe an early shallow dive, stick your toe in the pond approach to outreach. And that's Helping Hands. Helping Hands is a group of men and women, many from our community groups, that when a request comes in from somebody elderly, infirm, or impoverished, usually from our church, but not always, they've got, they need someone to clean their gutters. They need someone to paint a fence. They need someone to fix a leaky, a leaky faucet. Um, I take those requests that come in. I reach out to these people, and we do that as a community love project. Um, I've been doing this again for four years. We've probably done, I don't know how many, 50, 100 jobs like that, okay, for the local community. In fact, we're doing one this, this weekend for a, an older woman that's in a, a senior housing that we just want some to come in and do some vacuuming for. And a family said, sure, we'll do vacuuming, we'll clean our kitchen. So there's small ways to serve too. That also is available on our website under the community outreach page. It'll say Helping Hands Volunteers. Get on the list there if you just feel, huh, that might be kind of a nice gentle way to get introduced to helping people that are less fortunate yourselves, but you don't need to travel to Africa just yet. Maybe next year you can go to Africa, right? <laughs> I'm sure Denny will love that. I think really that gives a very good representation of what we mean by community outreach and also what we mean by getting involved locally. In fact, if you've got your own ideas about things you think we should be doing locally or ideas of other ministries that we might want to get us involved in, again, just go to the staff part of the website and email Jay Bradway. I'd be take, glad to take any ideas, any volunteers of, of any time. Well, Jay, I'm, this has been great. Thanks for all you're doing, Jay. I, I really appreciate both your passion, your energy, but also uh, your your focus and your organizational strength. I think those things that you 
um, really sense God leading you to offer to Christian ministry somehow, um, it's easy to see why God was prompting you for that. And uh, it's exciting to see, see that being lived out. So thanks for all you're doing. And I can also tell you, Dan, that he brings that organizational skill right to the whole committee, uh, right, to, right across to all of outreach. Because as a director, Jay works with the team of directors that really make all the decisions about outreach. So uh, he's just a valuable team member, too, and just really, he's good at so many things. And Jay, I'm just really appreciative of having you on the team and um, just keep up the great work. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jay. Thanks for joining us for this podcast and thanks for all you're doing. Yeah. Keep up the great work as Randy said. Appreciate you. Thank you guys. I love to serve. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This is Randy Johnson for Dan Ward as we conclude another episode of Reach and Teach podcast.